Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. <laughs> Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. halfway to halloween at this point matt yeah though our friend brian brought up a good point people count it as the halfway to literal halloween mm-hmm. but the best part of the halloween season we're much closer than halfway we're like three-fourths of the way to that yeah i think people count the date as the big day as yeah. they do with christmas but you and i know the best part is the lead up september 5th in uh freaking five below <laughs> looking for orange slime yeah in august we're driving around wondering why there's no halloween stuff out yet <laughs> where's that spider donut at duncan <laughs> so tonight on the purple stuff podcast since we're thinking of halloweeny spooky type things what are we going to talk about tonight matt witches mm, we're going to burn through the witches <laughs> <laughs> Take through the ditches. Yep, yep. This is a, a show we've had on our brains for a while. I'm not sure why. Neither of us are especially huge witch guys, but it's where we're headed tonight. It's going to be a blast. But before we get to it, just playing devil's advocate here, okay? okay? When you think of a witch or witches, is there something that just pops into your mind? The first thing that just pops in my head when I hear the word witch is the nightmare sequences from A Christmas Story. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tormenting poor little Ralphie because he wrote about wanting a BB gun or whatever the fuck he was doing. (laughs) That's a great choice. How about you? What pops into your head when you hear the word witch? How do they pronounce it? I forgot. The bastel or what is it? Those decorations? Oh, God, we've been through this. We've went this through this. Rigmarole on the fucking show before. I don't know. It's, it's B-E-I-S-T-L-E. Yeah, it's like bastel or something like that, right? Uh, bastel, bastel, bastel. Yeah, whatever one. Yeah, B- oh, bastel, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they have a witch decoration that we had for years. That's the first thing that pops into my head. Was but this one that, of those uh, popcorn-y ones that you love so much? It wasn't a popcorn, melted popcorn decoration. It was just one of those regular, like, cardboard cutout type ones. Gotcha. They probably and do, it, like, repro versions for $18.99 now. Well, we were at a flea market recently, and they had a lot of the vintage ones. The guy wanted, like, $75 for it. He's <laughs> like, dude, I'm on, a, I'm on a fucking dirt pavement here. No. No $75 for your dusty cardboard. Yeah, we're in the backwoods here. Come yeah. on. I'm standing in mud. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. And then like, like they tell you they'll have to check the eBay rates. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like, if I'm going to pay eBay rates, I'm not going to just buy here. it on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that was the first thing. And then right after, which comes to my mind, is probably the coolest witch thing that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a piece of art. And it appears on the back of an album called 
the sounds of Halloween. <laughs> There's three witches depicted. And this guy, Gary Meyer, is the artist. And this is like the quintessential art of a witch, in my opinion. I don't know if you if you know this offhand. Or okay, you wait, have hold to on a second. Yeah. Let me look up Sounds of Halloween record yeah. album. Wow, yeah, those are some classic, really scary witches. Yeah, and the I like colors... how like they're using lava, actual lava, to boil their pot. They're cauldron. Yes, they're cauldron. Sorry, <laughs> I have Come to get on, into the terminology. I know it's, it, I have to really get myself in sync with all the witch lingo tonight, guys. This is the most authentic podcast you've ever heard about witches. Yes, <laughs> we even learned some spells. <laughs> We're gonna whip them up right now. So who's gonna start? You want me to start? You want to go? I think it's uh, your turn to go first. My turn? Okay, I'll kick things off right now as I'm stirring my cauldron. Number one. Well, ring around the rosy a pocket full of spears. That should be pretty foxy, didn't you? Well, the last to go will see the first three go before her. <laughs> And your mangy little dog, too. How about a little fire, Scarecrow? <laughs> Matt, what you were talking about before with Christmas Story, this kind of leads right from that, and that is The Wizard of Oz and The Wicked Witch of the West. Wow, you're starting with probably the quintessential witch. She's like the John Cena of witches because she is the prototype. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I've heard a surprising amount of people compare the Wicked Witch of the West to John Cena. It's a typical analogy. I yeah, know. yeah. So what I love about the Wicked Witch of the West, there's a couple of things. First of all, very early scary memories for me. This is like probably some of my earliest kind of horror experience, if you will. Yeah. Obviously, she has green skin, so she's like a Twi'lek alien. Yeah, she is very Twi'lek-like. It is like this sort of day-glow green. It's not like a skin tone. It's more like paint. And it's all practical effects, which I love because they managed you to You mean make... they didn't use CG in The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> in 1939. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like they managed to make it look so surreal and convincing. Even 80 years later, she still looks scary. Yeah, I would say she looks scarier than most modern horror monsters. Not that this was a horror movie per se, but there's just something so unsettling about this witch. What really got me was the fact that she had a couple of quips here and there. So she's going to throw a ball of fire at the scarecrow and she's like, hey, scarecrow, want to play ball? <laughs> And it's like, a, it's like a precursor to Freddy Krueger. You know, know? I, I never on. thought of it that yeah. way, but you're right. It is like she did like to hit you with a zinger before she killed you. <laughs> yeah, it pelts you with a yeah. fireball. Yeah. It was amazing. A little laugh before the violence. Yeah, and she had a good arm, too. Oh, I'm telling you. I also love that there's this whole like subculture that's been built around the idea that she was actually in the right. Exactly. Yes. It's like when you look at it from the opposite point of view, from a certain point of view. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, isn't that what the play is about? Basically, that she's oh, like, yeah, wicked. Yeah. Isn't she like yeah. basically, like, yeah. I mean, if someone dropped a house on your sister, wouldn't you want to sick monkeys on them? 
Number two. An ABC premiere presentation from the creator of the Star Wars saga. Noah, here they come! Lucasfilm journeys throughout the heavens for the mightiest combat of the galaxies. I have the power. I will give you one tentacle. In no other lifetime lived any greater evil. There's no escape for you, my little one. Or any grander adventure. Ewoks, the battle for Endor. Next. God, I hope I am pronouncing this right. But my first pick is Sheral, the evil <laughs> yes. witch queen from Ewoks, the battle for Endor. I think you are pronouncing it correctly. So, yeah, as a refresher, this was the second, yes, there were two, made-for-television Ewoks movie premiered on ABC right around Thanksgiving back in 1985. You have a soft spot for these. Oh, I do. And like you, I am old enough to have seen it on that night. Within like five minutes of this movie starting, most of the characters from the first movie get killed off by this like horde of monsters. Yes. So if you're a little kid and you're watching this and oh my God, that's crazy intense. Oh yeah. And they were very scary, these guys. Yeah, just to set it up, there's this one little girl who survives the massacre, and her only protectors are Wicket and Wilford Brimley. Yes. <laughs> and um, as you and I were talking about earlier, Wicket in this movie speaks almost perfect English. Wicket. I'm all alone. Uh, not alone. Wicket, take care of Cinder. <laughs> So that horde of monsters is led by this guy called Tarek, I believe. He's like yes. a cross between the Night King and one of like Jabba's skiff guards. Yeah. It's him and most of his henchmen who look exactly like him. And then you have this one witchy woman, Sharal. Ooh, witchy woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sharal is basically like Elvira's evil stepsister, I guess. If she was on Power Rangers. Yes, yes. Like, if Elvira <laughs> wasn't Elvira, but she was on Power Rangers, she would be Sheral. I told you there was no mistake. She has this, like, magic ring that lets her transform into things. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, she's transforming into a raven. I don't know, it's just like so weird to me that in this band of demon marauders, you have this like totally regular human witch who turns into a crows. They didn't have much of a backstory for her back then in 85, but then if you look it up now... I know. There's like a whole uh, sect of witches who can shapeshift into different creatures and stuff. Listen, I, I was on the, the Wikipedia entry earlier myself, and I'm like, this is too much. I'm thinking I have like two and a half minutes worth of prep, and they're giving me a backstory that is like 18 scroll miles long. Like, fuck this. I thought all that shit was non-canon now anyway. Yeah, so you're reading it, and you're like, damn, this. maybe I should not pick this one. That's what I thought. I'm like, why did I pick Sheral? I don't want to sit here reading about goddamn novels from 1993 for the next two hours. I'm going to tell you why you picked Sheral, because the original casting choice was Cheryl Ladd from Charlie's Angels. And that's why her name is Sheral. I feel like you might be lying. I, 
know. I swear. I so they they was... they specifically wrote the part of the witchy woman from the second made-for-television Ewoks movie for one of the Charlie's Angels. You know that scene where Sheral switches into that kind of fair maiden in the uh oh my god that they, would have been perfect for a charlie's yeah, angel she would have been a charlie's angel yeah and she shapeshifts into this angelic blonde yeah she kidnaps sindel and then she turns back into the witch like son of a bee that she's a real con artist isn't she, she? she's just she is shrewd as they come if only you hadn't let that child escape she must know its secrets hey! Dare you suggest that I am to blame? No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. Find me the little one, and I might forgive that insolence. Well, how can I? Find me the child! <laughs> Number three. You had an encounter with the Blair Witch? <gasps> woods they say that the woods are all haunted up there if you lose your way i don't go up there hello you lose your life Charge! this fall the horror comes home there's no one here to help you own the blair witch project on video or dvd now you can see what's never been seen i'm scared to close my eyes own the project from artisan home entertainment in stores now I think there are some people listening right now thinking, is he going to go this whole show without mentioning the Blair Witch? I knew you wouldn't be. Everyone knows about the Blair Witch. I don't have to go into too much detail, obviously. But for people who may not know, there's basically an urban legend of a witch that haunts the Black Hills of Burkittsville, Maryland. Yes, there is. Yeah, the three movies, we see groups of people go into the woods to see if they can catch a glimpse of this witch, right? But to me, I think the absence of an actual witch is what really got me. Oh, yeah. And in the first movie especially, it was just, I mean, the restraints made the movie so much more effective. Sometimes what you don't see is the scarier part, too. So in one of the three movies, we actually see what a lot of people were considering the witch uh, I, I'm still kind of like, I, I don't know that that's exactly what they were doing, but yeah, there's something that you see. Yeah, no, and it's not what they're doing. But so just for me to describe it real quick, in the more recent one, the third film, you see a creature which kind of looks like almost like a elongated kind of tree monster or something. It looks like pumpkin head, but stretchy. And you see like real quick glimpses of it. And a lot of people were figuring and assuming it was the Blair Witch. It's basically like a minion of it, right? It was supposedly someone who succumbed to the Blair Witch and became this kind of, I guess, a demon or whatever it right, is. You know? Right. Let's just go with the idea that that might have been what they were intending on. It's almost like if the guy from Wrong Turn and the Jim Henson, the witches, that movie kind of like mixed together. Yeah, it would have been as satisfying as a visual of the Blair Witch could be, but I'm still with the first movie's mantra of not showing it because there's nothing that you could show that would be as scary as what's kind of like going through your head. The first and second films, you don't really see any creature or anything like that or, or witch. So I think that's the best part about it and the kind of getting possessed by it, like in Book of Shadows. I like that idea. Yeah, I know you love every idea that came out of Book of Shadows. That's that's on record. <laughs> 
there was also two McFarlane figures where they had this uh, kind of like demonic skeleton looking witch, which was an action figure, and then um, like almost like a tree monster. So, so what were those figures were like? Did were there any context for how they looked, or there was was the guy just saying, "Eh, I figure it looks like this." I'm pretty sure the designers went off like sketches, but I believe they came up with those ideas on their own, which is kind of cool because yeah. they had a lot of uh, creative freedom, obviously. Right. I have both of those hanging in my kitchen, which is a proper place for player witch figures. You do. I love it because like you, sh- you throw everything else into all the other rooms and the kitchen is pretty clean, but the Blair Witch, you make an exception for. It's like you actually can't get into your kitchen cabinets without moving one of them, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. It's protecting the glasses. Fine. We're fucking hungry. We're fucking tired. What the hell else are we supposed to do? You know what? <laughs> I kicked the. F- I'm sorry. It's fucked up. It's fucked up, but I, I kicked that fucking <laughs> into the creek yesterday. <laughs> it was useless. I kicked that fucker into the creek. <laughs> Number four. Here we are. This broth is miraculous. It contains sap from the forest. It is a concentration of all of the vegetal properties of the earth. My second pick is Credence Leonore Gilgud, the terrible (laughs) goblin queen from 1990s cult classic (laughs) Troll 2. (laughs) <laughs> unbelievable so you know i did you the solid of watching the things you're going to bring up tonight did you watch troll 2 i watched parts of it yes <laughs> so you didn't watch <laughs> troll 2 no i did watch it but i couldn't go through the whole thing yeah well i mean you at least are aware of its reputation as being like the best worst movie Yes. Yeah, with the ridiculous script, ridiculous story, tiny budget, actors that were almost literally just picked up off the street. Right. But you really should watch it at some point because I actually think it's very good. The cheap effects and the weird story just make the scary parts scarier. And it's at least, you know, it's never boring. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. So I assume you've at least looked up the scenes that feature my dear Credence. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The Queen she, of the Goblins, because there are actually no trolls in Troll 2, just goblins. Right, right. They're goblins. They look like Jawas, but with burned grandpa masks. And have us this for a twist. They're all vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where uh, their goblin queen comes in. Credence just looks like this like crazy, ugly, gothic librarian. I guess that's a way to describe her. Yeah, like her skin's kind of purple. She's got these like busted teeth. So her deal is that she tricks people into ingesting like magic food and then they turn (laughs) into plants. Like big, gloppy, human shaped corpse plant things. And then the goblins come and like eat them like they're a fucking roasted pig. Yeah, they, uh, they all have quite an appetite. This is way scarier than like some slasher coming at you with a knife. Like, someone's turning you into, like, a slimy salad for goblin seed. That's ridiculous. It's gross, too. <laughs> it's really disgusting. <laughs> so, um, there's a later scene where Credence uses her magic to turn into a beautiful woman. Please tell me you saw the scene with her in the corn and the cob. I did see oh, that scene, Famous. Yes. One of the most famous <laughs> scenes in a movie that's full of them. <laughs> 
she seduces this like teenage guy by using corn on the cob as a sort of like foreplay device. What's the matter? Aren't you hungry? <laughs> uh, actually, I like popcorn. Well, no problem. All we have to do is heat it up. And the corn starts popping, and I guess the idea is that she kills him by drowning him in popcorn. But it was like they were inside of a popcorn maker. That's exactly what it was like, yes. Yeah. So a classic <laughs> scene, and between the turning people into trees and killing people with popcorn, I think Credence deserves to be on our list. When she becomes her seducing self. Right. I think that was the wish I preferred. Yes, she was a, quite a looker, <laughs> Debbie Reed. I'm actually surprised because of all of the actors in Troll 2, yeah. I feel like she's probably the only one that really went for it hardcore. Doesn't seem like she's done much else, though. You're only as good as your last job, from what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Talk about, like, a career killer. <laughs> you were thinking of leaving us, little flower. No, please, ma'am. You will be punished for this. Number five. The witches of Eastwick. It's wickedly funny. Are you going to seduce me too? It'll lift your spirits. It'll blow you away. It's a devilishly good time. Just your average horny little devil. Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer, The Witches of Eastwick. Hocus Pocus. Rated R. Starts Friday, June 12th at a theater near you. For my next witch entry, this is The Witches of Eastwick, Matt, 1987. Another J-Pick that I had never seen before this week. I mentioned it to you when you said you hadn't seen it. You actually watched it, so that's pretty impressive. Thanks. Yeah, and you know, I was sitting there watching it for a long while, and I had no idea what your angle was with this movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's good enough, but I'm like, why does he want to bring this up? And then <laughs> eventually, I found out why. Yeah, you find out why eventually. Yeah. But So there's technically, if you want to refer to them as witches, there's technically three of them, mm -hmm. which is traditional for witches. Uh, you have Michelle Pfeiffer, Cher, and Janet from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Susan Sarandon, yes. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, right. So, I mean, geez, take your pick in this film with the casting. You got Jack Nicholson, who basically plays the devil. His name is Daryl Van Horn. Oh, Van Horn. <laughs> and he has like a little ponytail and it's so 80s looking, you know? Yep, yep. So it's kind of this thing where they wind up hanging out with him because he's this horny devil. And he wants to have these all these women. And then they discover how to do witchy things. Sort right, of. right. Well, he's sort of like, I guess, uh, maybe there were some latent abilities within them. But he's like blessing them with witch powers for his own purposes. Because he wants this like harem of witches. Right. I guess it, is the idea, right? Yeah, no, that, that's totally it. And I think this is a badass movie. And obviously the star power is pretty tremendous. So you got a little bit of everything. And if I were to sell it to someone who never watched it, you got Catwoman, you have the naked lady from the aircraft carrier. Yes. Janet from Rocky Horror Picture Show, Jack Torrance. They're all in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. And, you know, especially for a movie with this sort of story, it's 
unbelievable that they got that cast. And originally, Nicholson's character was going to be portrayed by Bill Murray. I feel like Bill Murray was like the guy who was supposed to be the guy in virtually every movie for the past 40 years. (laughs) Rumor has it that Bill Murray was once considered for the lead role. (laughs) So one scene, they're playing tennis, right? So it's Nicholson and, and the ladies, and they're all playing tennis. Did you see this scene at all? I saw the whole freaking movie. The tennis scene is probably the second best scene. Michelle Pfeiffer hits a tennis ball with her ass. Yes, because the <laughs> tennis ball is like, defi- it's all like witchcraft imbued. So it's defying the laws of gravity and kind of just like gliding towards them. Yeah. And one scene that you mentioned that you were kind of grossed out about, there's this scene where oh, this lady vomits up cherries. Oh my God, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> How did you not warn me, you knowing how much I hate that shit? Don't like cherries? I don't like vomit. <laughs> yeah, it was violently vomiting. Yeah. Right? Uh, I actually read on IMDb that they had fashioned a animatronic version of the character of Veronica <laughs> yes. to make it even more intense. And they actually had to pull the scene because audiences were so grossed out by that version. <laughs> So I'm like, well, as bad as it is, there's an even worse version floating around. <laughs> All right. So there's a scene where they're dancing kind of in this giant room in his mansion. And there's pink balloons everywhere. Right. Yeah. So immediately you're thinking, he's got my balloons. <laughs> my balloons. <laughs> and there's also a boom box. Both are things that kind of coincide with the Joker. Right, right. And we were saying, like, if you look at Nicholson's performance in this movie, it's pretty Joker-esque. Like, same inflection, same expressions. Let me just hit this button right now. Let's broaden our minds, Lawrence. So, the ending of this movie, Jay. Yes, this is what I can't believe I almost forgot. You know, I'm sitting there, and the movie's getting progressively more bizarre, but it's never really peaking at, like, 100 on the scale. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in, like, the last minute, 100. All I have to say is, giant Jack Nicholson. And I'm not kidding when I say giant Jack Nicholson. Giant demon Jack Nicholson. Is Jack Nicholson's head on what looks like a skinless chicken human body? Yeah, skinless human dragon body. Almost like he's uh, sort of an entity in Dungeons and Dragons. The movie is not preparing you at (laughs) all for this. Like, at all. It's completely... It's so whacked out, yeah. But what that does is, to me, is it makes it so satisfying. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's like the ultimate... I think I'm ready to call it, despite the fact that I only saw Witches of Eastwick for the first time three days ago... The best ending of any movie there has ever been. Growing up, this was like a family movie that we watched on VHS like constantly. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, this is not like something you watch with your whole family when you're like seven years old. Definitely not. I mean, it it basically starts with Jack Nicholson fucking a bed and then it ends (laughs) with Jack Nicholson as a giant demon.
Number six. Who is it? Who's there? <laughs> I've been expecting you. The American girl. I knew you'd come. You want to kill me? You want to kill Elena Marcus? <laughs> 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 My third pick is Helena Marcus from Dario Argento's Suspiria back in 1977. Yes, and we of course saw the uh, remake. You had actually mentioned that you do enjoy the uh, the original quite a bit. Well, the the truth is that I didn't see the original until we saw the remake. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it spurred me to watch the original, and I immediately saw what the hype was about. Holy shit, I love the original so much. Yeah, yeah I could totally see why. So the basic gist here is that you have Helena Marcos, a.k.a., mm -hmm. how do you pronounce this, Mater Suspiriums, whatever the fuck? Yes. Yeah, she's like the secret owner of this dance academy that is also a witch coven. Mm-hmm. So we get some hints of Helena early in the film, but she doesn't really play into things until the last 10 minutes. Right. You have the lead hero busting into her hidden bedroom, and we finally see the witch. She's like snoring, I think. Isn't she like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. really yeah. obnoxious. She's, yeah, well, she's a thousand years old, and she's, you know, decrepit, and yeah, she's... Has sinus issues. <laughs> So we don't get a great look at her, but we see enough to confirm that, yeah, she is at least a thousand. She looks like a rotted tree. <laughs> she wears Lee press-on nails. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she does. And her powers, like she can turn invisible. She can summon undead zombies. Mm -hmm. She has that crazy deep voice. She does. She's a little rough around the edges. You can kill <laughs> yeah she's not a pleasant woman not at all and i did this comparison on social media a while back i still think it's apt the whole scene with her getting into that bedroom and fighting it's like a boss battle from an old nintendo game it's so absurd and it's so great <laughs> it is it's awesome if you want to pay off wall-to-wall -wall insanity with the most completely insane thing i think helena marcus was yeah. pretty effective the soundtrack to this film is great as well. So that really kind of puts the visuals over the top, too. But like a bit of trivia for you. Do you know the filming location of this movie? I do not. Inside of a light bright. <laughs> it does look like that. Oh, Dario, he liked his, his bold hues. That's like one of the best aspects of the film. Well, that's it's the thing, so colorful. Yeah, and you'll often hear, I mean, maybe not often, but you'll sometimes hear that it's style over substance. And that's true, but it's not because there's no substance. It's just because there's so much style. Yeah. Just like between it's... the colors and like you said, the music and the just insanely gory to the point of not even being anywhere near intentionally realistic gore. I like those like the close up shots of the heart and stuff like that. But I have to say one thing that keeps me from like absolutely loving this film to the point where like I'm obsessed with it. There's one scene where like I have to go into slaughter mode maggots. Oh, don't bring them up. <laughs> don't you dare. Oh, God. I, just, I fucking I, hated oh. it. I'm like, you know, I knew it was coming because in classic me fashion, I read the entire plot summary before <laughs> I hit play. And I'm like, oh. 
am I gonna just like skip the scene? I'm like, no, I'm just gonna endure it. And oh, not my favorite. I can't deal with maggots. Lots of maggots in this movie, but even despite them, it's an A movie. It's the dawn of a frightening day. Another glorious morning. Makes me sick. We're talking about three ancient hags. How bad can it be? Back after 300 years. The more children's lives we snatch, the longer we shall live. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? I put a spell on you. Bubble, In trouble. Brewing up magic and mayhem. Beth Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Hocus Pocus, The Magical World of Disney, Thursday. Okay, taking you back to 1993, Matt, with Disney's Hocus Pocus <laughs> and Sanderson sisters, for me, namely Sarah Sanderson. Hang them on a hook and let me play with them. No! Sarah Jessica Parker. Exactly. This movie was one that I mentioned I was going to bring up and you actually watched it. So I'm, I'm impressed again. Yeah, and I'm glad. I, I mean, obviously, it's ridiculous that I've not seen a movie that so many people consider one of the real big Halloween movies. Right. So it was good to finally cross that off the checklist, and it was good. I liked it. People get nostalgic for Halloween. There's always somebody who posts a question on Twitter, like something, what is your Halloween comfort movie or whatever? You know, obviously I have a ton, but this is definitely one of those sweet spots for me because I saw this when it came out in the movies with my cousin. And You mean you, you know, actually just... saw this in theaters? I thought the audience was exclusively made of people who saw it as like a TV movie later. No, I actually saw it, yeah. Wow. And, uh, God, you've seen everything. One of those movies where nobody phoned in their performance. Like, they seemed like they were having a total blast making this movie. Yeah, everybody really loved who they were playing. Like, all three of the witches especially. You had Bette Midler, you had the woman... Kathy Najimy. Right, from Sister Act, and you had yeah. your favorite, Sarah Jessica Parker, who is awesome in this movie. The real quick synopsis is the kid from Erie, Indiana, lights a black flame candle, which unleashes three witches who plan to steal his little sister to suck the youth out of her, in addition to all the trick-or-treating kids on Halloween, so they can become immortal witches. It's a fine family movie. <laughs> yeah, and it actually didn't do well when it came out either, so... No, I uh, mean, I think uh, it was actually kind of like people were appalled that the caliber of talent had agreed to be in this, especially Bette, and she loves this movie. She actually, I think, has called it her favorite role. What I think is interesting, too, I saw this on IMDb, really worth bringing up, is the fact that Disney, they bought the script in 1984, and they did nothing with it until this movie, but the original title was called Disney's Halloween House, and it was supposed to be a lot scarier and darker. Yeah, I've read that, too, and I would have definitely been down for the original version. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it sounds so awesome. Yeah. So best thing for me was Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Sarah Sanderson, one of the three sisters. She's like pale and ghoulish looking blonde witch. Right. She's almost like um, like the angelic version of uh, Morticia. Yeah, exactly. And she was like rambunctious and horny and just bonkers throughout yeah, the whole movie. Yeah. 
really funny too. She was originally supposed to be. Um, she was supposed to be played by Bill Murray. I think that's what I heard. Bill Murray, yeah. exactly. Actually, J Lo. So it would have been Jenny from the block. No, that's for real too. That's that's so in 1993. I feel, you know, I'm so old that I feel like J Lo just broke two years ago. She, she, was, she was around in 1993. I feel like she would have been seven. Yeah, she's still a new artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie actually has one of my all-time favorite Halloweeny type of moments. Okay. Uh, there's one scene where the witches are flying over the night sky, and you could tell it's not like an actual shot, you know, they use some sort of... Right, right, some, tri- some trickery. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So Sarah is flying on her broom, and then they kind of cut to her, and she's doing some sort of interpretive dance, and she's singing a song called Come Little Children. It's really like a nice, sweet moment, but there's this underlying creepiness about the song. Oh, absolutely. It fucking pops big, because up until that point, Sarah's character is kind of like shrill and over the top, yeah. and then she goes into this kind of like eerie fairy tale mode And there was a belief for a long time that the song was based on a poem by Edgar Allan Poe, but the composer, whose name is Brock, has debunked it and said that his um, poem sounds like Poe because he was very much inspired by Poe's work. So it's kind of cool to think that, like, for a moment you could picture Edgar Allan Poe writing a song for Hocus Pocus. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be difficult on a few fronts, but um, I'm definitely down with it use your uh, fantasy booking yeah 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 (laughs) so she's singing this song which i love and like that's one of my moments i would put that like if i was going to put together like a montage of all my favorite things that make me feel halloweeny that's always been one of them and that's a scene where all the trick-or-treaters are getting sort of put under a spell right they're like they're marching but they're all hypnotized and they're basically marching to get their spirit sucked out of them right yeah the last moment that i'll bring up for sarah is that Erie, Indiana kid walks into his bedroom and who pops out of under his covers of his bed is Sarah. <laughs> and she says, trick or treat. Who wouldn't want to walk home to that, right? <laughs> Sarah Sanderson popping out of your bed. Yep, that's uh that's that's definitely a point that you would have written down, yep. <laughs> Number eight. At St. Bernard Academy, four outsiders are about to make all their wishes come true. With a vengeance. Magic. (laughs) We can make things happen. You're a witch. Surprise. (laughs) The craft. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, mister. Rated R at Theaters Friday. My next pick is Nancy Downs from The Craft. Oh. Yeah, Sue P.S. was played by Feruza Balk, who also played a witch in The Worst Witch, but we'll get to that movie later. 
The Craft, 1996. I have not seen it recently, but my God, I must have seen that movie over a hundred times easily. Same here. I was very much into it back then. Um, not so much now, but back then. Yeah, I, I still love it. I mean, it's been probably a year and a half since I've watched any of it, but yeah, it's one of my main movies, man. For me, it didn't age as well as I thought. Like, I was really heavily into it. I would watch it all the time on VHS, but I watch it now. I'm like, ah... Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's what is it, 23 years old? Yeah. Can't blame it for losing a step. They're going to be doing a, a remake of it, too. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, you, that's like the Bill Murray thing. You can say that about any movie. <laughs> Bill Murray was originally slated to play. <laughs> yeah. you know, Faruza, Faruza Balt's role was originally going to go to Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> so the gist of the story is that you have these 14 girl outcasts who turn to witchcraft to better themselves. Right. And for a while you're on their side because like, you know, they were all abused in their own way. So you like to see them get revenge. And then they take things too far. And that's mostly thanks to Feruza Balk's character, who is like Feruza Balk at her most Feruza Balkiest. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Balkius. No, no. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. <laughs> you don't even exist to me. You don't even exist. You are nothing. You are shit. Stylish and goth and in your face with that fucking awesome hair. Oh, yeesh. Like, I don't know if I picked up on this at the time, but when I think back to the late 90s, I absolutely knew people who took their style and attitude right from nancy from the craft oh they definitely had an influence on a, on a lot of girls this was a big thing and apparently she's a real life wiccan for Balk. i have in the past followed her on some social accounts and she's not obviously not an evil witch like in the movie but she's very <laughs> intense yeah. so you could see how this person could summon the intensity that this character has in the movie like she is just at like absolute full blast the entire film <laughs> yeah that's totally true yeah and she goes full-on evil and ends up in a psychiatric hospital with no powers at the end of the movie but my fairytale version is that she lives happily ever after did you know that the producer his name was doug wick wick wicken right Doug, wait. I mean, that's a, that's a stretch, but okay. It's not a coincidence. No, it's not. That's what inspired him to work on the film. So I think what you were trying to get at before is this character influenced a lot of people you knew, or were you saying did it influence you? Is that is that the real case? Well, I mean, why can't it be both? I will say that I don't think I have a type per se, but were I to describe one. I might just as well be describing Nancy Downs from The Craft. <laughs> and you also levitated one of your friends in your living room. <laughs> I did, yes. It might have been me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay. Sorry. Oh, he's sorry. Number nine. Oh, I'm leaving. This wicked itch is killing me. <laughs> You've got the wicked itch. 
But I've got Lanacane. Lanacane! Ah! Lanacane cream kills the wicked itch of painful dry skin with Itch Killer plus Painkiller. No skin lotion like Intensive Care has that. Raw, cracked, itchy, painful dry skin. Lanacane kills the wicked itch. Lanagang does kill the wicked itch. Okay, Matt, this one is a little bit off the wall, but it's a witch from the Lanagang commercial in the early 80s. Lanagang! <laughs> so there's a commercial that used to air during like soap operas and game shows when I was a kid, and it was for this cream, or a creme, as it were. Oh, yes, a creme. It's like the Rolls Royce of anti-itch creams. Yes, yes. It's the top of the line as far as anti-itch cremes, excuse me, go. Yeah, like if you're itchy from Dick Tracy, you need this lanacane. Oh my God, I didn't make the connection, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> and the whole ad, the whole commercial is based on the play on words because they're saying the wicked itch instead of the wicked witch, right? Anyway, two women are standing <laughs> in the shot. Right? Okay, just, I mean, before you even fucking describe it, I cannot believe that they had to advertise an anti-itch cream, and this is what they did. You have two women here. One woman comes in complaining and bitching to her friend that she's real itchy, right? Yeah. So she walks in, and she's like, you know, oh, I'm so itchy. And Next thing you know. Well, the other friend doesn't seem to give two shits that the woman is itchy, right? Yeah. Let's play it out. Okay, so, Matt, I'm so itchy. God, I keep itching myself. What would you say to that? Chill out. <laughs> have some, have some lanacane anti-itch cream it'll take care of it then out of nowhere an animatronic jim henson type puppet materializes <laughs> and she's the witch right okay is it first of all is it an animatronic i thought it was an actress but either way it's fucking frightening no it's it's almost just like a halloween decoration that materializes out of nowhere and it kind of looks like something from jim henson's creature shop yeah it looks like a Space alien wearing like a witch Halloween costume. Yeah, she's got these gangly long fingers that keep moving around, and neither of the ladies seemed phased at all when she just materializes out of nowhere, like the Great Kazoo. Right. They're not even looking; like, they don't even care <laughs> that this happened. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost as if they had been through it many times before. Like, mean, oh god, fucking anti-itch witch is doing her thing again. Actually, it was more like they were just filming and the witch wasn't actually there, which is probably the case. <laughs> yeah. You know what? They had no idea that the finished product was going to include this scary witch screaming lanacane. It's clear that this stuff is really effective if it could make the witch cower in fear. Yeah, she, I think she she melts, essentially. Like you mentioned, this would have appeared during soap operas, game shows, things of that nature. Yeah. Now, say you're like a little kid and you're homesick from school and you're in the room and that comes on. And that's why I brought it up, because I'll never forget seeing it. It was creepy as fuck when I was a kid. Thankfully, the lanacane killed the witch. Ding dong, the witch is dead, right? See, that's how it connects to The Wizard of Oz. I see. So you, you had a top and a bottom that connected here. You weaved a little tapestry tonight on the Purple Stuff podcast. <laughs> I'm a weaver! Lanacane <laughs> cream kills the wicked itch of painful dry skin with itch killer plus painkiller. No skin lotion like intensive care has that. Raw, cracked, itchy, painful dry skin. Lanacane kills the wicked itch. Number 10. Oh, my sister's taking all the fun out of being fired. Feed oh, on it, Delilah. 
scale a dragon tooth of wolf Dropped it to the bottomless gulf Venomous viper come to us Covered with evil ooze and pus We just love the wicked and worst Of all nature's things They come first So if you feel free So when people like us bring up the worst witch We're almost exclusively talking about Tim Curry's weird music video Anything can happen on Halloween. That's the one. But the thing is, that's like five minutes of the movie. Yes. And if you're going to get through the remaining like 95 minutes, you need Agatha. <laughs> well, you need Agatha. You need you loved You loved Facts of Life. <laughs> well, I love Facts of Life. I love Charlotte Ray. And I love Charlotte Ray in a pink wig. <laughs> Charlotte Ray, she actually pulls double duty. She's playing Miss Cackle, who is Agatha's good-natured twin, who runs mm-hmm. the school for witches. Right. But I want to focus just right on Agatha, who is just like, oh, God, just amazing fucking punk rock version of Mrs. Garrett. But <laughs> what I do remember most about this character is that song and dance number. Yes. Yeah, and it's in no way comparable to what Tim Curry pulled out of his ass later in the movie, but it is still amazing. It's horrible. It's so bad. It is. And I just got to point out, The Worst Witch came out in 86, but I didn't see it until year 2000. I was trapped at my friend's house on some like long ago night, and I had what I will diplomatically call a hangover. (laughs) So I'm on his couch. I can't move. I can't sleep. My head is pounding. And he throws on The Worst Witch. Imagine having to deal with Agatha's three-minute nursery rhyme. Oh, God. In that condition. It was oh, like, my God. Oh, God. It was like my version of A Clockwork Orange. So something I was thinking about when I was watching it, and you're saying Mrs. Garrett and stuff. I think from when I was a kid and seeing her, what was she in, in Packs of Life? Was if she I, like if a... I remember correctly, she was the cook slash everything else. Right. She was the nutritionist specialist, whatever, but she was in charge of them. Okay. Yeah. That's she's, a great way to describe Yeah, that's how that's how she's listed on IMDb. <laughs> Charlotte Ray, head cook slash something to the girls. So I couldn't get my head around it thinking that she's got this pink hair and she's rocking out and stuff. It just didn't work for me, right? But if you had to recast her, the only person that comes to my mind is um Angela Lansbury. I would have loved to see her in this role with the pink hair. To me, it's way better casting, Angela Lansbury. God, God, that is, um, man, I don't know if I call that a hot take, but it's it's a take for sure. <laughs> it's a hot pink take. It's a hot pink take. Angela Lansbury. I love how you're watching, you know, scenes from 1986 Worst Witch with pink haired Mrs. Garrett and thinking to yourself, I would enjoy this much better if it was the woman for Murder, She Wrote. What's it like to live in that head, Jay? <laughs> So this magical concoction that we've been cooking in our cauldron is just about ready, Matt. We've blown through all of our witch picks. Oh, boy. And I got to say, like, for me, it was kind of easy because there aren't too many witches that I would have wanted to bring up. For you, Mm -hmm. I feel like you had to leave a lot of witches on the table. 
I did. I left them out, but we only have a limited amount of time. There's a lot because I'm sure we'll hear all about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay, Jay, Madam Raz, Madam yeah, like, Raz, what are, Jay. What are you? What are you thinking, bro? Yeah. <laughs> How could you, of all people, not bring up Madam Raz? <laughs> all right. So let me run through your picks here. All right. We've got Suspiria. Elena Marcos with the Lee Press on Nails. Yes. The Plant Lady from Troll 2. I am Credence Clearwater's Clearwater. I can't remember her name. She's something, yeah. Girl from Troll 2. Yes. We have uh, Sheral from Battle for Endor. And Agatha from The Worst Witch. Oh, and also Nancy from The Craft. Right. Ooh, man. All right. For me, I'm going to kind of narrow it down to Sheral and Suspiria, Helena Marcos. Helena Marcos. <laughs> and I think I think by by rights, uh, Helena Marcos has to win because not only is she creepy, but it's just that voice. Yep, the voice yep. gets me. You wanted to kill Helena Marcos. <laughs> and she just kind of. Didn't even put up a fight either. She just got stabbed and that's it. Yeah, like, I got to say, and, and, right uh, I'm certainly not the first person to bring this up. It's great that she can turn invisible, but maybe getting away from where she was originally sitting would have helped avoid being stabbed. She, she like goes invisible. She doesn't move. <laughs> she needs some Cobra Kai lessons to exactly. defend herself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her defense, I mean, I don't know how mobile she was at her age, but come on. So that's a good one. That's probably objectively the best one that I brought up. Oh, yeah, by far. You brought up the Lattacane, which Lattacane. From, the, from the 1980s commercial that aired during Press Your Luck. The <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. The Blair Witch. The Witches of Eastwick and um, the Witches, but especially Sarah from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Huh. Oh, man. I mean, I think I know which one you're going to pick. I have I have a sort of like heart versus brain situation going on now. I know what it's between. Can what's I guess? It, yeah, what's it between? Sarah and Lanikane? You're close. It's between the Witches of Eastwick and Lanikane. All right. And I am going to go with the Witches of Eastwick. Nice. Good pick. You know, if there are listeners who kind of have my sensibilities, it's probably a movie that a lot of them have also skipped. And it's definitely one to put in rotation every now and again. Yeah, I think it'll surprise people. Definitely uh, worth watching. Or at and... least watch the movie clips cut of the final scene on YouTube, because that's really what you're there for. Have another cherry. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I want to remind you that we are on Patreon. Yes, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash purple stuff. And we've got our monthly bonus show on there for everybody. We've been having a great time with those shows, right, Matt? The best time of our lives, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we really appreciate you listening and supporting the show. And uh, before we go, though, I do have one last thing for you, Matt. I'm going to see how well you've paid attention here tonight on the Purple Stuff podcast. All right. Out of all of our picks, there were two characters that turned to stone. Okay. Can you name them? Yes. One of them was Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus. Yes. And the other was...
wasn't it Credence? No. Who was the other one? Well, okay, maybe I'm cheating because it wasn't Sheral, but it was uh, Tarek. Tarek is not Sheral. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm going to be like one of the Ewoks and zip line right out of here. <laughs> I'm Jay <from> Sexy Armpit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that after the record. I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. See you next time. Sheral <laughs> Tarek. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast. Thank you.